welcome to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Martin Thomas. Join me and my guest speakers as they discuss the journey they've had with their own voice, as well as light bulb moments, stories, and personal wisdoms. Vocal Freedom is a bi-weekly podcast raising awareness about vocal health and well-being from members of the voice community. I'll be speaking with professional singers, actors, choir directors, voice teachers, voice disorder experts, singing voice specialists, touring singers, and other experts. Welcome everyone to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. My guest this week is Juliet Russell. I did want to explain before you hear the episode that we recorded this episode on the last day of April 2020. So some of the current events that you might expect us to be talking about don't really come into play in this interview. I hope to invite Juliet back onto the podcast on another occasion. For now, we can hear how life was back in April. Thank you. Juliet Russell is a music creative and culture curator. Fascinated by the human voice, she's passionate about engaging individuals and communities in developing their voices and creativity. She is lead vocal coach on two of the UK's biggest entertainment shows, ITV's The Voice UK, and regularly appears on BBC One's Michael McIntyre's Big Show, preparing the unexpected stars for the performance of their lives. Juliet is a composer and choir MD whose creative, accessible approach has led her to collaborate with world-renowned artists and organisations and educational projects that engage everyone in the joy of singing. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome to Vocal Freedom, Juliet Russell. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm going to be asking you some questions about your journey and about your insight into the world of voice. Great. Okay. Thanks for having me. Um, um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and looking forward to speaking. Thank you. Um, so my first question to you is, and you can honestly take this however you want to, is how would you describe your journey with your voice? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think my journey with my voice is probably getting easier. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying singing and, and the stage that my voice is at. I feel I've got a lot more, I know your podcast is called Vocal Freedom, but I feel like I've got a lot more vocal freedom. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those things that you never stop learning and you never stop developing vocally. And that's, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's been a bit of a surprise that actually my 20s or 30s weren't necessarily my peak in singing but actually it feels like easier now more flexible now and um, that it can do more now and it's more sus sustainable now so yeah I'm really enjoying my journey with my voice um and I think you know obviously I've built my whole career around voice and and I very much come from the perspective of I'm a singer first and foremost and I think that really informs the way that I teach because hopefully I'm coming at it from a singer's perspective that makes so much sense, doesn't it? Because, and also working with new artists and developing artists, they'll see you as someone that's been there, done that, worn the t-shirt. And there's also, do you think there's more of an opening out when you work with people because they know that you're also a singer? I think, I don't think you necessarily have to be a singer to be a good coach at, at all. And there's lots of people who aren't necessarily, but for me personally, it helps my relationship with, understanding my relationship with my voice helps me to understand there's, them them with theirs even though it, it might be totally different yeah um and I suppose just being able to demonstrate certain things um probably help is helpful sometimes but that, again it's not the be all and end all sure absolutely 
So is there anything you wish you'd learned sooner? I think maybe just to be a bit less self-conscious and um, just really accept what your voice is and accept what it is on different days. I think maybe I was a bit hard on myself about what my voice wasn't rather than really celebrating what what it is. Mm. Whereas now I'm very comfortable with what it is. So um, yeah, maybe that, maybe just a bit of advice to my younger self would be just kind of enjoy where you are today and enjoy what you've got and yeah and be be with what works with you and then you can always learn more things as you go along that's a really excellent answer thank you so I'm going to ask you about some light bulb moments and Mm -hmm. if this induces any kind of story that you may have from your background um Mm -hmm. so it can either be something personal to you and your journey or a light bulb moment that you've noticed more working with other people and their voices but something that you just think is really quite vital. I think there are two. I think the one of them, a personal one, is that when I realised it's not really about me, was hugely liberating <laughs> because <laughs> it's it, it easy to sort of think, oh, everyone's looking at me, and oh, uh, but actually, it's not really about that. It's about you sharing a musical experience and sharing a communication with other humans or animals, whatever you depend on who to sing with. <laughs> but it's really about that. I only say animals because I did a little blackbird duet whistling the other morning oh really (laughs) it's really been on my mind about um singing with animals but anyway that's a bit random um so I think um yeah I think just just really kind of realizing it's not about you it's about music and communicating and sharing an experience and that's really the point so that's that in a way takes a lot of pressure off for me it personally took a lot of pressure off and the other thing I would say is having worked with people like Jennifer Hudson and Sir Tom Jones though those two people singers in particular are always ready to sing and I think that's such a good thing to take with you is just be ready to sing like it's what you do it's what you are be ready to sing and those two as as many achievements as they have their sheer joy for singing their sheer ability just to kind of get up and do it anytime yeah is is really really inspiring and I think we can all learn from that and I've personally learned from that yeah, that's an amazing place to be, isn't it? And I, I suppose when you when you are that successful an artist and it's your real job to communicate with your voice, um, you know, that sense of they really know themselves and their voice is there at their command whenever they want it. That's a really great place to be. First. But also the joy of it is still mm. really palpable. So it's both. It's like the passion for it and that kind of, it feels as fresh as it ever did you know and it's, it's kind of obviously that thing that lights them up or one of the things that lights them up yeah. so it's both it is yes their voices are amazing and they've kept them in incredible condition they're both incredible singers mm. but there's something more it's about the feeling of it too do you think it's like an extension of the speaking voice the singing voice hmm. I think it's yeah I definitely do like I think all the kind of ex- dreams of our speaking voice are sort of oh you know you think you might think you can't sing higher but if you're excited you'll be right up there and going oh or if you're tired it'll be down there I do think it is but I also think it's can be more than that I think it it communicates something quite ephemeral which is heightened emotion but it's almost sort of spiritual emotional kind of more than language Mm. um which speech is more than language too but I suppose because there's so much more expressive potential with singing and it's in music there's more to it I think I think you can reach people in a way that even beyond words like if you hear Fado singing in like Portugal you don't need to understand the words to understand the feeling and it's it's that so I think it's incredibly expressive yeah it's beautiful and and I also think all humans can sing um and it's part of what we've evolved to do so 
uh, it's easy to sort of see it as a separate talent, but actually we've got this amazing musical instrument that we carry around with us all the time. Yeah. And that's why I say to people, it's free, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. It's free and it's magical. It's amazing. Like, yeah. voices are amazing. Absolutely. So what have you found the most valuable in caring for your own voice? Hmm. Good question. I think probably lifestyle things like when I tend to get, well, a few things, actually, a couple of things. One is if I'm stressed or if I felt under pressure in certain situations, I always underperform. So taking that pressure out of things. Um, but generally just looking after myself. I mean, I, I do look after myself pretty well. And I think my, my voice sort of reflects that. Like if maybe when I was younger, I'd sort of be, I don't know, maybe going out a little bit more and maybe thinking it could do more than it can, whereas actually you definitely operate better on more sleep. You definitely operate better <laughs> hydrated. And, you know, I suppose that's become more, more of a, it's definitely, it definitely works well for me at this point of time in my life. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, we, me. we all get wiser as we get older, don't we? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. That's a little wise young as well, but yeah, I don't know if I was. <laughs> do you recommend or, or within your, um, your own sort of practice, do you have a sort of daily routine that you would go through in terms of just preparing your voice for a day or do you find it's flexible the way you use it now? Um, I think like if I know I'm going to be coaching, like some of some of my days are very early, like especially if you're sort of filming days, they're early. Um, mm. So I will always sort of warm up a bit on the tube. But I think the thing to remember is a warm up doesn't have to take that long, and it's again can be really portable. I find that working with lots of different singers in different styles also gives me a different take on what I do because you're sort of learning alongside people, but also if you're trying to get them to access something not that I try and model stuff too much but sometimes once someone hears something they do understand how to do that differently so it's at all so I, I kind of yeah I do warm up um and I do work on things like I do go to workshops and things myself like I went to um a brilliant thing it wasn't by Meredith Monk but it's by her people that she worked collaborates with very closely and that was more kind of using the voice physically um more through improvisation working with other singers so I can try and do stuff like that so I've done everything from sort of beatboxing to Tuvan overtone singing so oh, I, I, I do like to learn different aspects of singing even if I don't then specialize in them I, I just like to know about them and experience them yeah I think we're quite similar in that regard I, I managed to do a two-day course with Anna Maria Hefele last year oh yeah, yeah and yeah. She, that was so enlightening but also yeah it wasn't something I'm likely to go and do a lot of um, the overtone singing but yeah. it, it's just an interesting another sort of thing place to play and see what it buys you yeah and it's beautiful I think it's it creates it's amazing to create multiple tones with your, mm. with your instrument yeah it's amazing yeah and it's quite meditative that kind of singing as definitely well. yeah and I did and actually I found when I, I I did that course for a few days and then spent a few you know in between sessions with clients and things just spent a bit of time practicing some of these um mm techniques and uh, and I actually felt like it it did do so it made me flex different muscles in my vocal tract and my voice stayed very healthy um in the process of doing that practice so I, I bring that in now and again <laughs> just as yeah, a, yeah, you know yeah. another thing to do because it, it seems to buy a, a slightly more resonant sound which is brilliant so yeah. um okay I've got a big question now okay you can go philosophical or whatever with this as you okay. love yeah fine. okay <laughs> so what does your voice mean to you yeah, it's interesting. I I mean, to me, it just is me. And I, it's the way I express myself. So where some people express themselves in painting, 
it's completely the way I express myself. Like I, even when I was little, like I'd be humming the whole time and I still do it now. I'm always singing and doing things. It's just one of the ways in which I respond to the world. Mm. Um, and I know that's not necessarily the case for everyone, but I think everyone's voice is unique. And it's, you can tell if someone, you know, if it's someone that you know, you always recognize the voice on the end of the phone. And mm. I think just recognizing that it's as unique as our eyes, as our fingerprints, as anything, you know, and it's, um, yeah, that that's, that's a beautiful part of humanity that we've all got this thing that we share, but it's unique to each of us. What voices inspire you? Um, this is a twofold question. And who could you never tire of listening to? Yeah, I like, a singer I listen to a lot at the moment is a singer called Serpent With Feet. And he's got a really beautiful, like he's, he's with the backing the sort of music he plays around with is quite classical samples of classical and sort of found sound are quite interesting but he he's got quite an r&b sort of inflection to his sound but i love his lyrical content and the fact that he's sort of taking something that's very sort of soulful and influenced but and putting it in this kind of different sonic context and his lyric writing is very specific i really love Björk as a singer and i know it's it's not everyone's taste but i love how the textures that she gets with her voice um Sing, singer that I never get tired of is probably Stevie Wonder just because oh. it, his body of work is just so diverse and he's an amazing singer amazing but also he's an amazing musician mm. amazing songwriter a pioneer you know social conscience he's got stuff to say he's spiritual he's he loves humans he's yeah political I, I mean he's just he's probably the person I'd never tire of but there are loads to be honest I, I enjoy like listening to buskers I mean I, I where I live I live very close to Portobello Market and there's always buskers out and there's literally one day I heard this woman singing and I li- had to run out and hear who she was and she was a 16 year old young woman wow amazing she was amazing so it can be anywhere like voices that inspire me can literally be anywhere mm. and yeah and I, I really love listening to I, I made a sound recording of um, Portobello Market um, and, and I'm just doing something else with it at the moment but what what I realised was there's music all around all the time, from the buskers to the drummers to the coming out of shops to people just singing to themselves. And the air is alive with music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that when I'm out in nature as well. And not not just birdsong, but in the wind, in in everything. And even, even things like, again, I live really close to a motorway. <laughs> so even like the music of the cars. and It's just music's around you all the time. So voices aren't necessarily vocal human voices like that. There's voices in everything, you know, and, and voices in machines. And, and I love all that kind of sound. Like I've, I've had a building site next to me for quite a long time. And there's a song I've been writing and I've recorded all the sounds of the building site to use as drum sounds. Um, so those voicings, like instead of being annoyed by them, which sometimes they were annoying me, I was like, oh, actually, I could use them as this. And so kind of changing your take on what a voice is and what a, how you can use it is also quite interesting to play around with. That is so creative. That was that's an amazing thing to do. I don't even know anyone that would think of recording the sounds of you know noise next door. <laughs> that's yeah, brilliant. I know. Well, the thing is, it was really it was really percussive, and some of it was really interesting. Oh wow! And they, they were hitting a lot of different things. They were taking scaffolding down, so it was really clangy, but it was also boomy. And then there were like drills going on, so it was kind of like little sort of conga patterns on the drill so it was really interesting so I just I've got a, a sort of mobile recorder so I was literally outside my front door recording it all <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's amazing so you still you still write a lot of your own music 
Yeah. And uh, and I was really thrilled. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the wonderful thing you did for World Voice Day this April with um, oh, with your song. And, uh, you know, and also just the message of that song, which I thought was wonderful. So it, can you remind me the title? It was about singing from your soul, right? Yeah, it's called My Voice Lifts My Soul. Yes. And I suppose, it was interesting because you kind of asked me a question about what does your voice mean to you? And I think it's a kind of voice can be a solace but I suppose the reason I choose that song for World Voice Day was we can change our mood and we can lift our mood and I think obviously everyone's under quite challenging circumstances and new circumstances and there's a lot of uncertainty so I suppose the song was partly to connect with other people and the project was very much to connect with other people but also just to remind ourselves that actually we're in a situation that we can do something about whereas you know, there's there's still people who are dying of st- children dying of starvation in places like Yemen mm. who can't do anything about their situation. Whereas we can, and we can change our mood, and we can find ways to get through this. And and obviously, the people are having a much more challenging time. Like if you're homeless or in a vulnerable situation, that's a whole different thing. And also, I think just because we can't be in a room together, what I actually found was from using the technology that through that there was a wider connection. So we had people involved in project. We just got a video in today actually from Norway and it's so gorgeous. And it's so amazing to think there's people singing this song in Norway. And yeah. um, we have people involved from India, Malaysia, Portugal, France, the US, Australia, and probably more that I've missed, but it's just wonderful to actually be able to maybe reach beyond where you could have reached before, just because you were looking at the immediacy. Mm. So there may be positive things that come out of this time. With the World Wisto thing, it's been just been a beautiful way of connect, connecting and, and sort of maybe speaking to people I wouldn't have spoken to otherwise. And I've been really like chuffed that people have embraced it and, and got involved. And I worked with um, Naveen Arles from London International Gospel Choir and MD Brunch as well on that. So it was the first time we'd worked together in that way. So that was a really nice part of it too. Oh, it's wonderful. I'll definitely put a link to that. And um, That's kind, thank you. I was just going to ask if you had a favourite Stevie Wonder track, because, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of him, too. I think the song that means a lot to me is um, a song called Free, because I used to be in an acapella group called Sense of Sound with um, Perilene Hughes, Safina Aziz and Jennifer John. And we used to sing that song. And the first time I heard it was through them. And it's just the the words are just beautiful. It's just like free like a river flowing freely through infinity and it's just there's just a sort of implicit joy in that song um so I think that's I mean it changes all the time but that's probably a favorite I really love that song it's just a kind of the way his voice soars in it and the way it goes up and the backing vocals just all of it it's just really beautiful it's sort of simple but builds and builds so yeah I'll say free Okay, brilliant. I'll link to that one. <laughs> how did you, I mean, how did you sort of get into singing in the first place? Did it, it was sort of like from the moment you were born, you were singing or did you get drawn into school choirs and things? Um, a bit of both. It was always in me. I was always singing and yeah, and I'm, I used to drive my mum a bit mad because I just hum all of the time and I wasn't aware of it. And I think probably that all 24 hours a day and I've got a cup still that my sister and my mum bought me with, with I hate people who sing in the morning on it with Snoopy on it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, it's a proper like 70s or 80s cup and it's, I've still got it. Oh, that's brilliant. So I think I drove them a bit mad with that. But also I was really lucky with where I lived and where I went to school in that we had a, a school choir. And when I was in, 12 of us got chosen to sing at the Royal Festival Hall. And that was when I was still at junior school, primary school. Um, so I think, 
just having that experience, it was singing Handel's Messiah and some other things. To be in that venue and singing music like that very young, even though I'm not a classical singer, um, was great. And we also had a free music service where you had a junior choir and then I graduated into the senior choir as well. So really that, um, and I was, I was in the orchestra, I played clarinet, but I was really bad at reading music. It didn't make sense for me for a really long time. I mean, I can read music now, but really my ear has always been so much stronger than my eye. So I think being surrounded by harmonies and that's really, I started leading choirs when I was 16. And I think being around choirs and having that kind of attitude, but equally the exposure mm. really, really helped me. And I started writing songs when I was young. Like I wrote my first song about going to school um, <laughs> when I was at primary school. So yeah, it's just something that was sort of in me, I suppose. It's a great, it's a great way for any child, isn't it? To channel emotion and expression. So, I mean, and it's amazing that your school, um, I mean, I mean, in those, you know, same as me, I grew up in the sort of 80s. And we had a school choir in the lower school. But when it, you know, by the time I graduated into the senior school, music services were just starting to be a bit stripped back. Um, right. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. anything that we that we got to do with music and drama mostly was extracurricular. Um, yeah. And I think it's such a shame because it's so valuable, especially for, for children who are younger. If you, It's almost like the earlier you get involved with reading music and writing music and not being scared to improvise and play with harmonies. Those, yeah. those, and yes, you can learn learn those skills later in life, but it's almost a lot more easy to nurture out of children because they haven't learned to be scared of it yet. Yeah, definitely. And there's there's sort of two responses that I have to that. And the first is that what I was lucky with was that I had a sort of attitude or or a desire for it, but equally I had loads of opportunities for it. And had I not had that, where would I be? You know, I've built a whole kind of my whole life around singing, really. Mm. And so for people who don't have access to that of which a lot of young people don't um and if it becomes a matter of only children whose families can afford it then who are you saying yes to in terms of creativity and what does that look like in our future you know I think it's music is fundamental and there's lots of studies to show that a school that really focuses on music also has good results in maths and English and other areas absolutely um, and also I think singing goes beyond that singing is like um it can be used for to manage health it can be used to manage emotions you know you can self self pacify you can soothe you can elevate through your own voice and, and those kind of human skills and that emotional management is really really crucial um and also I've done a lot of work in schools I ran ran projects for schools for a long long time and did a big project with 5,000 kids and their teachers and pet families in southeast London and what you realize from that is not have like to not in a way don't have expectations that are low like the the children we did a big project with hand handle again weirdly um handle house museum and the kids all wrote their own songs they used handle motifs in them but they also used contemporary stuff they did their own raps and all of them like each group that we worked with came up with amazing music and even tiny preschool children were part of one another performance that we did could recognize the first five notes for scale could do harmonies and just not having low expectations, like guide people through, but don't have low expectations because mm. what people can achieve is, and especially what young people can achieve, well, not especially, but what young people can achieve is amazing. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, I think having high expectations and high opportunity is really important. Definitely, definitely agree with that. And I think a lot of a lot of music teachers and singing teachers I know and, and are working with me now, um, we're making our own opportunities to sort of help more people 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's because it isn't as readily available in, in sort of local authority and schools and things, especially where, where I am. Yeah. I And that's wonderful because I think if you can, you should. Um, but I do a similar, similar thing in, in my area. There's like stuff that I do. Obviously, there's things that I do charge for in my work, but there's things that I don't. And I think it's good if some of those things can support other things. If you if you're in that situation, I know not everyone's in that situation. Um, but yeah, I think giving people access to opportunity or advice or guidance, anything, any way you can help people if you can, then it's good too. So tell me about your choir. Yeah, I've got I've got two choirs. So I've got um, and they're both brilliant, as in the brilliant people in it. Uh, one's a pro choir called Assemble, which is the one on the video of My Brothers, My Soul. And then I've got a community choir um, called Portobello Live Choir, which is um, free for local people who live in West London or work in West London. And it's affiliated to a festival called Portobello Live Festival. So we focus on music from West London. Um, so like The Clash and uh, Holly Cook and uh, Aswad and different things. But we also do lots of other yeah. different types of music. Um, yeah, and they're both very different. But I think the philosophy for both is the same which is to kind of work very creatively work inclusively and to give everyone a chance to kind of shine and and bring what they have to the table really that's awesome that's awesome I really love the podcast name of vocal freedom and I wondered what you want to achieve with the podcast and why you chose that name yeah so I think what it was is um for me vocal and I know it's going to be different for everyone you speak to but for me vocal freedom is the connection that you make when you're singing or even sing, speaking, actually, when you feel like your voice is completely un, sort of not held back. Mm. And whether that's a, you know, you've let go of something that's, you know, an anxiety that's stopping you from doing it, or it could be um, you're insecure about your technique or whatever it is. When, when your mind is somewhere else, you're not achieving vocal freedom. For me, mm. it's like vocal freedom is what flows when everything else lines up. And mm -hmm. for me personally, when I was performing, I would say I had fleeting moments of that. And it was just when I was so in, you know, in the zone of the performance and not thinking about anything technical, thinking, you know, instead just using my, my body as a conduit to express the song and connect with the audience. And, um, you know, my, my background was in acting. So I think I've always acted through song and I've always sort of wanted to tell the story and feel the sort of emotion that's appropriate for the song that I'm singing at the time. So um, this, sim this seems to be an ethos that I, I use in my work all the time because when, when people are finding that they're stuck or there's something wrong with their song or whatever it is, it's often that they're not connecting to the text and they're not thinking about the emotion. And when, when, when a sing singing teachers, we kind of help them go in the direction of finding that truthful expression, um, some of the technical things sort themselves out. So I think what it is, I suppose, is I'm I'm thinking of um, vocal freedom as being um, the ultimate communication. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely. I think you're you're spot on. I think that um, I mean emotion isn't perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Technique is kind of there's a there's a pressure sometimes of technique, whereas often great technique comes out of great emotional connection. It's not necessarily technique then the emotion exactly. will come so, yeah. so it's yeah I think it's really important to kind of recognize that and to play around with how they relate mm. yeah it's great I love the title of the podcast it's really lovely Thank it's very you. inspiring title I hope it will be I mean that's the idea isn't it um yeah I mean I've got some fantastic speakers and um yeah for me I think the 
I'm, I mean, I know the audience ultimately will probably be my community and then it will, you know, it might expand. But I think it's like I said on, on my message to you, um, there was no need for this to become too technical or giving exercises or talking about anything like that, because I think you can learn so much from listening to other people's experiences and what they found helpful and how they've connected mm -hmm. with people and how they've um, worked on themselves so that's why those light bulb moments for me are like, oh, that's the bit because um, like I think back to being a sort of 12 year old in my bedroom in Wiltshire and I used to listen to radio a lot and um, I used to really get drawn into talk shows and I wanted to be the radio host, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm kind of fulfilling the little girl wish here by having my podcast equipment and being able to talk to people, but I'm new at it and I know it's a skill I'll obviously get better at as I do more. You're very comfortable though. It's really you're really relaxed and you've thought about what you want and you give a lot of space. So it's that's really good. And you said something then that really sparked a a thought actually, which was that when you're listening to people describe their experiences, I think it's really important to de demystify that role of a teacher because I think possibly there's a an old uh, approach where a teacher's got to be all knowing and has is can't be fallible or mm. infallible. I don't know whichever can't be wrong yeah <laughs> to know which way around it is sorry um can't be that is they're infallible they can't be fallible that's it yeah um, <laughs> and I think it's really important to recognize that you're learning all the time as a teacher and you're learning from the person that you're working with it's very much a relationship mm. it's not like here is everything I can teach you and this is the right way it's like oh that, okay that doesn't work for you let's try this oh you enjoyed that oh you found that from that I mean, it's very much in relationship yeah and appreciate that as a teacher you you don't know everything and things surprise you all the time and you learn things about yourself you learn things about other people all the time and that openness and sort of sort of back and forth of that that moves all the time is kind of is it's good to recognize I think definitely I mean also for me personally and I've worked with you know I mean I've been teaching pretty much the last decade I sort of came at it tentatively in 2009 as a singer and I obviously when you start teaching you you kind of pass I'd, I'd had training so I was like I'll use the bits I remember were really helpful <laughs> but mm. I but I needed to learn how to become a better teacher so I started doing teacher training um around to 2010 and then I I didn't establish my my um teaching business till 2012 when I'd already then got some qualifications in teaching voice and uh and I felt that that was because as you, you know we always talk about um singing teaching being an unregulated industry and that mm -hmm. you can set yourself up as a voice teacher when you've never had a single singing lesson yourself, which mm -hmm. I, I found quite disturbing, actually, when I first learned that, because I thought, well, that, you know, there, there seems to be people out there um, maybe taking risks with other people. And I didn't like that idea. I think I, I would always want to go to a teacher who I could trust that wasn't going to mess my voice up or do anything um, or give me advice that wasn't healthy. Um, mm -hmm. So vocal health and well-being is another big thing about vocal freedom for me. Um, that's why I'm speaking to people that I trust have done their homework and have really um, understood how the voice works and how to get the most from it in a very healthy way. But also mm -hmm. that that crossover between understanding that, you know, when someone perhaps doesn't have the best vocal health, it may be more to do with their well-being and their mental state and their physical state rather than an issue with their voice per se. Yeah, definitely. Like I found the other day, my voice cut out three times when I was teaching on Zoom and it was partly because I was just working hard vocally and because there was no feedback from people which normally if you're you're working with a group particularly there'd be lots of time of to and froing but I think it was the stress of the situation 
the the fact I was working too hard and the fact that I wasn't giving myself the the vocal loading was much higher than normal and it's it's important to recognize that even though I know how to take care of my voice there are times when maybe I'm more stressed or things can go wrong and the other time I noticed that that happens is not a stress thing but again that thing about you saying about vocal freedom and if you've got something else on your mind it doesn't it's not freedom if I'm teaching and then I have a thought about what I'm going to say next and I'm singing something my voice will go weird ah. and it'll go because I'm thinking about speaking so it's kind of not being present with it so yes. both those things one being a bit more stressed and in an unsure situation and the other one being distracted both have an impact on my, my voice personally yeah definitely and actually what you just said there about being present with it that's very much what I'm talking about when mm. you yeah it's, it's that be, that mindfulness that presence and and being in the song in the music in the moment mm. <laughs> um which isn't always easy you know if, as, you, as you know because other things pop in your head <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, completely, completely. Yeah, fantastic. But it's good. But it's true. When you are when you are free singing, it does take it does transport you. It is something else. It's something else happens, and mm. it's um, yeah. There's a sort of I don't know. It's, it, it, I don't know where to say it. it's like it's not it's not mystical, but there's something a kind of joining together in one moment of in time that is just sort of a bit held in time. And it's, yeah, and it's quite, it's beautiful when that happens. You sort of forget where you are and it's it's just about that moment. And I suppose that's what being present is. Yeah, absolutely. I remember reading an article many years ago about someone had done some research about when choirs sing together, their hearts start to beat as one. I don't, I, got, I don't remember the reference, but I'll try and find it and dig it out and put it in the show notes. Yeah, there are two, there's two things I've read about that. One is that they, the, the rate of sort of de-excitement it correlates and it's not necessarily that their heartbeat although there's two different ones because I've heard mm. the same one but there's one that the as the kind of the regulation sort of happens at the same pace yeah. so even if the heartbeat beats aren't totally synchronized okay the the rate of synchronization by which they have dropped is synchronized so it's so it's so fascinating yeah it really and there's is. Stuff about oxytocin the bonding chemical when people sing together and all those kind of things so yeah yeah I mean, it is amazing we're definitely designed to sing together and to make music together and move together definitely okay here's one okay <laughs> can you think of a can you think of a moment in your life where you've really felt like you're in the zone when you're on stage you may feel like this every show but you know are there any sort of flashbacks now that you get of oh, there was that moment in that show in that song um there was a I played it now can I remember what it's called oh it's called Collier Ferguson Hall in Kent and it's it's beautiful the, the sound in that space is beautiful it's very wooden and even if you sing like even in the sound check the sound in the room was gorgeous so I think that was I mean that that was a project I wrote an album called Earth Meets Sky and then I worked with different community choirs and musicians in 10 different locations in the UK so each kind of there's a core band but in each location there was all different musicians and choirs and stuff and it was really nice because it was a way of connecting with the communities that I was working in and then making them part of the performance. So that was great. So that was a definite, really enjoyable one. And my voice felt really free. The acoustic feedback was great. I, I really liked the people I was working with. The musicians that had been added onto it were wonderful. And they really kind of brought an extra dimension to it. So that was definitely one I, that I really loved that performance. Um, and there's another time when it's not quite the same thing, but it was... When we had Sense of Sound, so Sense of Sound was a company that I had that was part charitable and part commercial. And I had it with the 
three singers I talked about earlier, Sense of Sound. And we were on a TV show called Last Quiet Standing. And we, it was just before, I think we, it was literally just before we went out actually. But it was something about like that this thing you've created and a lot of people in our choir were people who come up through our community, um, outreach programs and stuff and courses that we did. And just to have sort of something you'd, you'd kind of invented with, with your best mates being on the stage and seeing these people you sort of brought with you. That was a definite moment. And I've, I'm very, well, I'm getting better at it, but I'm not a brilliant at reflecting. I'm very much like finish, move on, finish, move on. Less so now actually. But that was a really rare moment of reflection and, and going like, oh, oh, this is what's happened. And that's, and we did that. And, yeah. and that sort of sense of, I suppose achievement, but also the love for the people that I had around it and being on BBC, which when you're growing up, you don't sort of think oh, I'll be on telly or whatever. Not that the being, being on TV is a big thing or not. It's just that for it to be on that platform at that time was just a bit like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I'm like the fulfillment, I think you you deserve to feel the whole team of you to bring something like that to fruition and then carry those people onto a Beeb show. Brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's not it's not because it was a Beeb show, yeah. but it's just the fact that it was something you two almost sort of made up and it had gone that, to that place. And it was yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, that's because I started it when I was 25. So it was, it was kind of a long, a long process. And, you know, it's, yeah. So I suppose that was a brilliant one. Really, what matters in life is things like health, people, relationships, nature. You know, it's not... Um, they are the things that that drive us, and I think, I think like with doing everything is community. Really, mm. everything yeah. is community, um, and how we choose to define that, I suppose, is is up to us. Yeah, it's a different world at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and I've actually really enjoyed being at home. I've really enjoyed being at home. I've really enjoyed spending time with my husband. I've yeah. Enjoyed planting stuff. Oh, it's great! It's <laughs> so bringing it's us back, nice. bringing us back to nature as well. Yeah. And are yeah. you are you singing for joy yourself? Are you are you still humming all the time? Are you are you? Yeah, sing- totally, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I do, I do. And I've been writing. I've used this time to sort of write and record as well some new new things. So I'm just kind of that always takes longer than I think it's going to. But yeah, I'm just trying to cut, sort of use the time to just do the things I sort of feel like I often don't have time to do. Whereas when your time's your own. Yeah. If I don't do it now, then I've got no excuses. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that's brilliant. Fabulous. All right, my lovely. Well, thank, thank you, you so again. much, Lee. Um, thank thanks you. for inviting me. And I hope, yeah, wish you every success with everything. Thank I hope you. it goes brilliantly. Thank you so much. Okay, well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining me on the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll move into your day with a bit more vocal freedom, feeling that you can express using your voice and let the world hear what you have to say. Visit colchestervoiceacademy.com forward slash podcast. Sign up to be kept informed as new episodes are published and consider joining our online community. Membership to this will allow you to post questions to our guests, link you to show notes, social media links, and entitle you to exclusive offers from our guests. See you next time.